Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening guys, and without further ado, let's begin. During a school break, me and my mum and one of my older brothers, we went to go and visit our uncle on his ranch in Nevada. I have trouble sleeping at the best of times, so one night I decided to walk around the perimeter of the ranch, just for some fresh air. I had made it all the way to the other side of the ranch too, to the far end of the pastures. From the last fence to a woodsy hill area, it is about 50 yards I guess. I decided to stay and look up in the grassy area to look at the stars and what no one told this city girl was that with no trees and no lights, save for the barn on the other side of the ranch, you can see so many stars. It was breathtaking to see the universe like that in fact. I started whistling at one point and then I heard a branch crack so I stopped a little startled by that. Then. Something else started to whistle right at me. I froze and it seemed like every hair in my body stood straight up. I couldn't move and the whistling got louder and also got closer as well. It was the almost exact same nonsense melody that I was whistling not even 15 seconds ago. I know what you're thinking but oh birds are a thing right? No, there was no way that this was a bird. I know the difference between a bird and whatever the heck this was. And this, this isn't even over yet. So I, the stupid girl in the horror movie, decided to say, Ah, uh, hello? And something said, Ah, uh, hello, right back to me, in my own voice. And yes, I know what my voice sounds like. 
Slightly raspy, faint, Bronx accent, usually lower pitched unless I'm, I'm excited or mad. And then it's usually so high pitched that my friends say that I sound like Harley Quinn. Another branch snapped and that was my cue to book it. Back down around the paddocks, back to the barn and to the main house, which was about maybe two acres I would guess. But the whole thing was like a blur to me. I have knee issues from a car crash, but I didn't feel even an ache as I sprinted all the way back to the main house. To this day, I still don't know what it was. I didn't tell anyone else about it too, despite my mum being extremely superstitious. I did a little bit of frantic googling the day after, obviously, and the closest thing that I could come up with was actually a skinwalker. I was born and grew up in a town called Shrewsbury in Shropshire, England. The town has a reputation of being one of the most haunted places in the world. The town is well over a thousand years old. A lot of the ruins of the old buildings remain, even in the town centre. Everyone I know growing up had some sort of an experience, haunted or otherwise, at some point in their lives there too. So... Getting to my most haunted experience that spans a number of years, these aren't my only experiences, but this is the one that has affected me the most. My grandparents have a house in the Bellevue area of the town that all of the family, my mother and her siblings, grew up in. This house has a back bedroom that gives off a vibe that you just don't want to mess with. It's the only room in the house that has the door always closed and is now used as a storeroom that my nan refuses to enter alone. It was used when I was a kid as a spare bedroom for when me and my brother would stay over, but we hated being in that room. One night though, me and my brother were asleep in there and I woke up just in time to look over to see the light fixture on the ceiling next to my bed. I can even remember the feeling of the cold plaster touching my cheek right before whatever the heck was lifting me let me go. I hit the mattress and immediately started screaming, obviously and my dad burst into the room to find out what happened. I told him everything, but he was obviously very skeptical. But I even remember him saying that the room was very cold, even though the heating was on, and there was an odd feeling that he couldn't explain. My brother, who was asleep during my incident, said that he had a dream that night of an old man standing over him shouting for him to get out, and to this day he's reluctant to talk about it because of how real it felt. Now, this is where it starts to get worse, because I was told this was like over a month after the first incident, but I was at home in my house, the other side of the town, and it happened again. Me and my brother at this time used bunk beds, and I slept on the top bunk. My dad was downstairs watching TV, and all of a sudden he said that he got a feeling that something was wrong, then realized the feeling that he felt was the same as it was when I had the incident at my nan's. He ran upstairs, burst into the room, just in time to catch me falling from the ceiling. I had apparently been picked up, lifted over the bed's safety rail, and was hanging with my head tilted towards the ground, and my dad burst in to see me hanging there in midair for a split second before dropping, and he actually caught me just in time. He was terrified and could never explain what happened, and nothing ever happened again. Until I was in my mid-twenties, that is. 
My dad was heading out somewhere for an overnight stay, so I said that I would stay the night, feed the dogs and sleep on the sofa and whatnot. I did everything stated, went to sleep on the sofa, but woke up in the morning in the spare room, at the back of the room behind a load of storage boxes. It took me five minutes of moving the boxes out of my way to reach the door to actually get out. And to this day, now 14 years later, I still have no idea how the heck I got into that room, over those boxes and to the back section of the room without damaging anything. I've never been more confused and frightened after waking up in all my life and I've never stayed another night in that house since then. But my nan refuses to talk about that room. My granddad was the same prior to his death. I have no idea what happened in that house. What, well, spirit or worse or whatever it is, is living back in that back room. But I'll never go back in that room for as long as I live. Apartments.com believes that a dishwasher does more than just clean plates. It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time that you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. So I work in a large bunker complex from World War II and I stayed for a night shift the other day. I'm an editor, so I had headphones on most of the time. Every now and then, though, I could have swore that I heard some music from somewhere, but brushed it off as just me being tired. At around 1am, I went for a smoke in an area that basically only me and my bosses can access. It's an old stairwell used to transport heavy cargo that doesn't fit in any elevator. As I approached the door, I once again heard music, but... This time, it was clear as day. As I opened the door, it got really, really loud too. Like as if someone was sitting with a violin at the bottom of the stairwell or something. I work in the fourth floor. No other floor has direct access to the stairwell except the very bottom. Needless to say, I was weirded out but thought, well, huh, maybe some composer uses their free time and practices here. Yeah, I know, kind of stupid assumption, but the only explanation that I had in the moment. The semi-social person that I am, I went down to see who was playing and say hello, since the music was actually, well, kind of nice. It reminded me a bit of the classical Bioshock music and was, as far as I can tell, played by one single person on one violin. However, after I stepped down like four or five steps, the music just abruptly stopped. Not in the way that you stop a recording too. I could actually hear clattering and sort of sounds from the handling of a string instrument. I went down all the way and looked for any open doors or some way for this person to have gotten in there. But there was nothing and nobody in sight that would suggest someone just played the music there. So kind of disappointed I went all the way back up. The bunker's floors are about double the normal height so I had to walk up around six floors. But just as I stepped into our hallway, 
the music started again. So I went down again and surely enough there was no one there. At that point too my confusion turned into being kind of creeped out a bit. I double checked if every door was locked which they were and if the elevator which had been out for service for a while worked again. Maybe that's how they got here but no it was still stuck below ground floor as it had almost been for a year now. So I thought okay every door is locked and the only way in here is to have a key through one of the doors on each floor five floors in total. So I went back up and waited since I was sure to hear someone unlock a door and step into the stairwell. But no I reached the top and at eerily that precise moment I heard weird violin sounds, like someone mildly plucking the strings. Then the music set in again, and it was loud, like really loud this time, sharp and aggressive too. So I went down again, only to find nothing again. At that point, I was actually wondering if I was just too exhausted and started to hallucinate or something. That's how I explained the music to me for the rest of the night anyway. It was only the next morning that my stupid brain realized that I recorded the music the first time that I heard it loudly, so there's no chance of this being just in my head. Can anyone explain what the heck might have been going on? Any theories? Because I'm really confused. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. My parents recently bought a farm last year in Australia and have been building a property on it for their retirement. It's right beside a national park and reasonably close to the next property over. The only thing that sucked is that we have no cell service besides the top paddock where they're building their house. Not too dodgy though, right? Well, I'm a university student, 21 female, in my second year of nursing and frequently come up to the farm to help them out with their livestock and whatnot. At first, everything was fine. We had a, a small two-bedroom cabin in the lower paddock that I stayed in every time that I came up. My room had a large window that faced into the national park and at night when it was pitch black, it would freak me out a bit but nothing serious. Sure, we had the usual noises of foxes and the livestock at night time and stuff like that, but it was really nothing out of the ordinary. But things really ramped up when I had to stay up there alone to feed the livestock for a few days while my parents were back in the city. 
I went about the usual chores, feeding the sheep, keeping an eye on our lambs and checking in at the building site to keep an eye on everything. I went into town to get some dinner at the local pub and by the time that I got home it was roughly 10pm. I would usually take my car up to the top paddock at night to call my friends, check social media, etc. My car was lit up by my internal navigation system that's always on which meant that I couldn't really see outside the car besides from my headlights. I must have been midway through my social media scroll when I thought that I saw something black flash across the paddocks where my headlights were facing. At that, I drove my car in a quick circle to use my car's headlights as a massive torch and didn't see anything. No reflections of cattle's eyes like I usually do or the usual fox or rabbit. I tried not to pay too much attention to it and went back to my social media scroll until... I accidentally pressed my brakes which allowed my brake lights to flood the paddock behind my car with an eerie red light and the same black flash that I saw through my windshield flickered out of the corner of my eye in the rearview mirror. Now I was getting suspicious. I turned off the music I was listening to and just sat for a second trying to assure myself that I was just tired and after a few seconds of silence I was relieved and was about to turn my car on to go back to my cabin and that's when I heard what I can only describe as claws on my rear windshield, sort of like a, a tap tap scratch pattern. Now I can tell you that I have never sped as fast as I did back to the cabin that night. That night too I just couldn't shake the feeling of something watching me from the forest. You know that sort of tingling sense of something staring into the back of your head that you get sometimes? Well, after tossing and turning, I put up a newspaper in front of my window that faces the woods until it was completely covered and the feeling immediately went away. Sleep didn't come easy, save to say that night. The following night, I chose to go to the top paddock while it was still reasonably light. All was peaceful and I had all but forgotten last night's events. I was admiring the gorgeous pink sunset when... I saw a flash of green in the sky travel for a split second and then disappear. Now listen, I'm not one for UFOs, but I know that it wasn't a helicopter because it was light enough to see the sky and the stars weren't even up yet. I thought that it was cool though, so I called one of my friends who was a massive skeptic about everything paranormal and, and of course she thought that I was nuts and proceeded to give me a hard time for it. It started to get a, a bit dark for my liking though, so... I went back to the cabin to cook some dinner. All was fine too until I went to sleep. The newspaper from the night before was still clinging to my window but I woke up at around I would say 2am I would guess to the sound of the sheep making a racket. I grabbed my dad's rifle assuming it was another fox and went to take a look on foot with my spotlight. Now, usually when you bring a very bright light and you mess with the sheep who were already going nuts, you hear about it. Key word being usually. I walked over to the paddock and I sort of started scanning with my spotlight and didn't see anything. The sheep were bleating like crazy, but none were injured or even remotely in a corner of the paddock, huddled together like they usually do when there's a fox. That was until they all just suddenly went completely silent. I mean, one second they were so loud that they echoed around the hills and the next it was just completely dead silent. 
and now I was truly scared. I raised my rifle and started looking around, feeling like everything around me had its eyes on me. It was then too, as I heard a thump of something heavy being dropped on the ground, heavy enough for me to even feel the vibration in my feet. And at that, I booked it back to the cabin and locked everything behind me. I was pacing around double-checking the doors and the windows when I heard it too. It sounded like humming but distorted alongside footsteps. And whatever these footsteps were, it was as if they were limping and then sort of quickly recovering. It was around the cabin and it stopped at my bedroom window. I curled to the ground, gripping my rifle until my fingers were frozen in place. And I laid there pretty much all night until... I was so exhausted that eventually I just fell asleep. I left first thing in the morning without even looking to see if there were any footsteps. Now, if anyone has any clue as to what the heck I just experienced, what this thing is, or can tell me what I can do, then please do comment below and let me know. I haven't been able to go back to my parents' farm, which... Uh, I really regret that, but hopefully I can return soon. I grew up in a sleepy suburb in South Carolina in an upper middle class neighborhood. The neighborhood was built on the site of a small antebellum period slave plantation that had fallen to decay more than a century ago. My house was situated directly across the street from the plantation's old cemetery. I put that in quotes because there are no headstones, only crudely cut rocks that signified where people were already buried. There was only one bedroom in our house that overlooked the cemetery, and it was the one that I slept in as a child. When I was very young, I would always comment on seeing shadow people, dark humanoid shapes that would dance in and out of your peripheral vision, I'd be sitting in the living room playing with my DS or something like that and see something walk across the adjourning kitchen only to look up and see nothing. This was also a relatively common occurrence in this house. The worst thing though was the nightmares that I'd have in my childhood bedroom. Man, the nightmares. Before I was old enough to even watch my first horror movie, I would have these intense graphic dreams. Nothing a child's brain should be able to conjure up like that. I had one reoccurring dream too where I would go to the bathroom only to find a person void of any skin weeping in a blood-filled bathtub. Yeah, terrible nightmares. The dreams were often hyper-realistic too and would take place in my home with no alterations. I would often refuse to sleep in that room as well. The house was two stories and I would often just fall asleep on a patch of carpet next to the stairs. When my sister moved out, I finally got out of that room. The nightmares and the insomnia stopped too, almost instantaneously. That room is used as my dad's office space now. I always make an effort to shut the door every night before I go to bed, but when I wake up to use the bathroom, it's always open without fail. I admit that it could be a draft, but the problem continued even after we replaced the doorknob. Even in the blazing hot South Carolina summer, that room too is always freezing cold. It'd be easy to chalk it up to childhood superstition, I know, but 
the strange occurrences continued well into my late teens. Now, my parents were always out of town on business, leaving 17-year-old me to my own devices for weeks at a time sometimes. I hated being in that house too alone, so I'd always have a few people spending the night while they were gone. My house began to build a bit of a reputation with my circle of friends as well. The first instance that I can think of was in my junior year of high school. I was with four friends and we decided to grab a pizza. One of the other friends decided to stay at the house and watch some TV and just keep an eye on my dog. And about 10 minutes after we left, I got a call from my friend and he seems genuinely shaken and told me to hurry up. It's about 10.30pm at this point. He had put my dog on his leash and they were both standing in the driveway of my house when we got back. He said that shortly after we left, he heard loud banging coming from the upstairs of my house. We have a long hallway on the second story and he said that it sounded like multiple people running full sprint from one side to the other just over and over again. My dog was apparently going ballistic and he grabbed his leash and the both of them just ran outside. Needless to say, he wasn't willing to stay that night. Another instance is just me and one of my friends. My parents had been out of town for a few days, so we were just having some brews and playing COD or something on the TV in my living room. It was getting super late, so we put on a movie and we sort of conked out after about an hour. I left him on the couch and went to sleep in my bedroom. But at around 3.30, I get shaken awake by my terrified friend. He said that he woke up and was freezing cold, so he walked upstairs to grab a blanket out of the linen closet. He said that when he closed the door, he could barely make out my dog in front of him. My friend called to him and reached out his hand to pet him, but when he did, the shadow sort of drifted across the ground towards him and went through his legs. Not through the middle of his legs, like physically through his legs. He asked me to feel them too and they were icy to the touch. We both just sort of hung out in the living room with pretty much every light in the house on after that. But the last story that I have has to do with my dog and my childhood bedroom about two years ago. My parents were yet again out of town and asked me to dog sit the floofer and of course I obliged. It was around 9.30 on a hot summer night and my dog just starts going absolutely ballistic for some reason and running around in circles almost like he was chasing something. He bolted it upstairs, still barking, until I hear him make it to the far side of the house, near my childhood bedroom, and the next thing that I hear is the door slam shut. It was incredibly loud, and there was obviously a lot of force behind it. Then all I could hear was him shrieking, almost like he was in severe pain. He's a fairly large lab husky chow mix, and I've never heard him make a sound like this. I, terrified, sprinted up the stairs after him and opened up the door to let him out. He came thundering out of the room and was desperately clawing at the door to the backyard. And I couldn't get him to come inside for like two days after that, leaving his food and water outside for him. Now, I mark myself as the superstitious type, but only because so much weird stuff has happened to me in that house throughout the years. I just get a, an angry foreboding feeling when I come back home these days. Am I crazy for believing that there's something else that I can't explain in that house? 
I felt insane until my friends started to see and experience the same stuff that I did. My mum won't even have a conversation with me about the prospect of something malicious being in that upstairs office space. And although this is extremely long-winded, I could honestly write a novel with how many more stories I have about this house. But I'll leave it for here for now and I'm just wondering if there's anyone else living in the deep south that has experienced anything like this. Like seeing shadow people and stuff like that. I'd love for all of this to be easily dismissible and on their own each story is I guess but with the years and years of strange occurrences I just can't chalk it up to coincidence anymore. Anyways that's my story or stories. I'm just confused and struggling to make sense of any of this. Hopefully somebody can shed a little bit of light at least on what's going on, either in that house or perhaps even the cemetery across the street. This happened late in November of 2017, and it was a weekday. I can't remember what day exactly, but I knew that it wasn't a weekend as the roads were pretty desolate. I was 33 at that stage and we'd been working for a family on a ranch for about four years and they'd become like our second family I suppose. We were on work visas from South Africa so not native to the US but pretty familiar with everything as we had been in the area for the full four years that we had worked for them. We decided to make the career and life change after I got burnt out at 29 in a corporate marketing career that wasn't going anywhere and was stealing my soul and will to live. But we just wanted to scale down and have a more relaxed lifestyle, I suppose. Anyway, the ranch was in northern Utah, somewhere between Salt Lake City and Logan. I'm being pretty vague as the family is very well known and I would not like to identify them as a respect for their privacy but we were almost getting ready to return to South Africa at that stage as our visas were running out and we wanted a bit of a holiday I guess as it had been a very busy year, getting married, our daughter was born, etc. So we wanted to do a bit of sightseeing before we returned and the owner offered to pay us, pay for the accommodation and provide spending money and his truck even if we would run an errand for him on the way. He had a couple of horses and a trailer that needed to be picked up from a ranch somewhere in Wyoming, with Cheyenne being the closest big city more than an hour away. We jumped at the opportunity as we basically had a week to get there and then a day to get back to his ranch. We visited some awesome places too. Park City, Flaming Gorge, Bear Lake, Yellowstone, Tenton Village, etc. The whole trip was an amazing experience, except for the incident this story is about. That definitely put a bit of a damper on the excitement. We drove up to Park City the first day and spent the night with some friends there. And the incident happened on the second day of the trip on the way between Flaming Gorge Reservoir and Bear Lake via Green River. So we were driving and enjoying the scenery and had just crossed over the Utah-Wyoming border when we spotted the only vehicle for the past maybe 30 odd miles an old red-brown pickup truck that was parked on the opposite side of the road. There were two guys inside, and when we were about maybe 150 feet from them, they pulled onto the road to make a U-turn. I was pretty annoyed by that as I was doing about 80 at the time and had to make a hard break and swerve onto the oncoming traffic to avoid having an accident with them. 
I punched on the horn and flipped the middle finger out the window and I passed them too. They sped up, flashing the lights behind me, but I just punched it and left them behind. I was driving my employer's new Ram 2500 diesel truck, so it had no shortage in power to get away. A few miles down the road, I couldn't see them behind me anymore, so I assumed that they must have turned off. Probably about 40 to 50 miles up the road, we pulled into a little America to get diesel and some food. When we got out of the shop, we saw the truck parked across the lot, but nobody was in it. We decided to load up and head out as I wasn't in the mood for an argument with some redneck cowboys. So we headed out and thought that that was the last that we would see of them. But boy, were we wrong. We were looking for interesting places to stop and things to see on the route and about 45 minutes or so after we left Little America, we spotted a sign that pointed to Fossil Buett National Monument. We pulled in and literally had the place to ourselves. But we were the only car in the parking lot, so we walked around and couldn't see much as it was closed, so we decided to head out. But right as we got to the truck, we spotted the red pickup speeding into the parking lot. I panicked, my wife jumped into the back with our five-month-old daughter, and I ran around and jumped into the driver's seat. Right as I wanted to pull out, the pickup pulled in behind us, blocking us from exiting. I was terrified at this point, screaming at my wife to call 911. The two guys jumped out of the truck and started running towards us, one on each side of the truck. Only then did I notice that both had their faces covered by what looked like handkerchiefs, like what cowboys usually wear around their necks. Right at this time as well, my wife said, panicking, that she didn't have cell service. I was making split-second decisions and noticed that, except for the curve and a signpost off to the left... There was nothing really solid in front of the truck. So I threw the truck into drive, swung the steering to the right and floored it. The truck bounced over the curb, plowed through the sagebrush and made a wide turn through the field back toward the parking area. And we raced for the exit. Now, the layout of the parking lot was as follows. There's a one-way entrance, the road splits and the parking runs into a one-way loop that exits at the same entrance. If it doesn't make sense, then you can pull it up on Google Maps with satellite view. That will explain it a little bit better. We were parked at the far end of the parking lot, though, and we were now going through the parking the wrong way to get out. The other guys were back in their truck racing to cut us off. They beat us to the entrance, too, as they had a much shorter distance to cover than we did. They proceeded to park their truck sideways across the road by the gate, so... There was no way that we could get around without causing some serious damage to my boss's brand new truck. We stopped about 150 feet from them. One guy had an aluminum bat and the other had some sort of a bar or tire iron that he was swinging around. My wife was crying in panic, our daughter was screaming and I was shaking from adrenaline and fear. And even though the situation was still dodgy, I felt like we were out of immediate danger at this point. The two guys didn't move towards us, just standing next to their truck staring us down. It felt like hours but was probably less than a few minutes and I told my wife to buckle our daughter in and look behind the seat for the rifle my boss kept there. She found it and passed it to me. I wasn't worried about the bat in the bar but in case one of them had a firearm. Obviously I didn't want to make the situation worse so I was still contemplating whether I should use it if they approached or threatened us again. 
when I noticed a camper turning off the highway towards us. The two guys must have also noticed as they looked at each other, got in their truck and at that they just sped off. They turned the way that we came from onto the highway and we could no longer see them and so we started driving. We passed the camper and the old couple gave us a friendly wave. We wonder if they knew that to us they were angels sent from heaven that day or probably not right. And the story ends there pretty anticlimactically. We had a pretty amazing but uneventful at least if you count dodgy encounters, rest of the trip. We told my boss what happened when we returned and his explanation was that they were probably looking for trouble and that is why they cut us off with the U-turn and then when people react, uh, they start a confrontation. It sounded plausible at that stage until about a week later when we were already back in South Africa. I was lying in bed one night thinking over the encounter when it just sort of struck me from where we first encountered them when they cut us off with the U-turn until the Fossil Buett Visitor Center was over three hours and close to about 120 miles. I mean, you don't follow someone that far unless you have some seriously sinister intentions. They also must have purposely followed us there as there are many different routes that they could have taken that would have led them away from us and we turned off the interstate and made about two or three other turns since leaving Little America too. And that certainly made me lie awake for a few more hours wondering just what their intentions were and what would have happened if that old couple with the camper didn't turn off right when they did. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared podcast. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening, guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish, or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.